Broadcasting live to New York, Bloomberg 1130, to Washington, D.C., Bloomberg 991, to Boston, Bloomberg 1200, to San Francisco, Bloomberg 960, to the country, Sirius XM Channel 119, and around the globe, the Bloomberg Radio Plus app and Bloomberg.com. This is Bloomberg Markets. Is indeed Bloomberg Markets. Corey Johnson here in our AM 960 studios out over the San Francisco Bay. Carol Masser back uh, in New York. Yeah. Really freezing. Uh, regardless of the weather. I am always cold. Um, we're going to talk about food. I'm looking forward to this. Our Mike Halen, a senior restaurant uh, analyst at Bloomberg Intelligence. You know what he's been doing for the last couple of days? He's been going on an underground culinary tour. How's that sound like fun or what? I think I've been doing the same thing. <laughs> yes, you do. I just didn't know I could do it for work. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, he did it for work. We're going to talk about what he saw, talk about the restaurant business uh, and fast casual and all that good stuff. We'll do that in just a moment. Let's get back, though, to your top business stores. A lot going on on this Thursday. Charlie Pellet all over it. Hi, Charlie. Indeed. Thank you very much, Carol Master. This update is brought to you by USCF. Invest. In what's real, visit uscfinvestments.com. That's uscfinvestments.com. Stocks mostly lower after retreating from records. Treasury spell after former FBI Director James Comey testified to Congress. The S&P 500 index slipped after Comey spoke, with markets weighing his testimony for clues about the fate of the Trump administration's policy agenda. S&P 500 index lower, little change, down a point now at 2432, lower by less than one-tenth of one percent. The Dow off by a point at 21,172. NASDAQ holding on to its gains up 16 at 63.13, a gain there of three-tenths of one percent. The 10-year down 5.30 seconds, yield 2.19 percent. Gold down 11.50 the ounce to 12.81, a drop of nine-tenths of one percent. And West Texas intermediate crude lower, little change, down one-tenth of one percent to 45.68 a barrel. J.P. Morgan Chase Chief Operating Officer Matt Zames, who is viewed as a potential successor to CEO Jamie Dimon, is leaving after 13 years at the bank. J.P. Morgan Chase shares up today by 1.4%. Meg Whitman is the CEO of Hewlett Packard Enterprise. She was on Bloomberg Television speaking about a number of topics at HP's Discovery Conference in Las Vegas, including the company's costs. We have a much smaller, much more focused company, and I can tell you, I'm probably the only CEO in America that enjoys running a smaller company rather than a bigger company because it's so much simpler. And we have an overhead cost structure that we've got to get down to be, you know, be more in line with the new company we run. We've got to re-engineer some processes to make things simple. And uh, that's going to lead us, I think, to be able to take out more cost and be even more cost competitive in a very competitive market. And HPE shares, they're up today by two-tenths of one percent. Again, the S&P little change down half a point. I'm Charlie Pellet. That's a Bloomberg Business Flash. All right, Charlie, thank you so much for that update. You are listening to Bloomberg Markets right here on Bloomberg Radio. Carol Master, Corey Johnson. This is Bloomberg. Mike Halen doesn't go hungry. He's our senior research analyst for Bloomberg Intelligence, and he just completed an underground culinary tour, a two-day journey through uh, with uh, some restaurant executives uh, in New York. And, uh, Mike, w- uh, why would you do this? Uh, because <laughs> I was asked. Because you're a genius. <laughs> but what of what? I went to his boss. He said, listen, i got to go eat and drink and be merry for the next last, last two days or next two days or whatever it was. <laughs> I, I read this book. It came out earlier this year. And the whole time I'm reading it, I'm like, how do I get on this tour? This sounds like the most amazing thing. Fifteen restaurants and wineries and breweries in two days. I was just like floored. I was like, I have to do this. Why is it done? Who does it? 
So it's done by two partners, Alice Elliott of the Elliott Group, who's the preeminent executive recruiter in restaurants and many other industries, including private equity and investment banking, uh, and um, Peter Mangiavero, who's the founder of Avero and also the author of the book, The Underground Culinary Tour. And why do they do it? So what they do is they take some of their best clients, you know, um, restaurant executives, and they bring them to the 15 hottest spots that are doing really innovative, cool things in Manhattan and Brooklyn and uh, show them what the future looks like, right? So everyone's copying what's going on here in Manhattan. We move the fastest. We move first, right? So um, it used to be five, six Shows years. everyone in Manhattan. <laughs> yeah, and yet exactly. you had to go to Brooklyn to find innovation. Didn't you? But please, go ahead. <laughs> exactly, right? But um, Brooklyn no, is part of New York City, I'm just saying. Yeah. So it used to take years for um, other places around the country to kind of mimic the restaurant scene here. But now with social media and the Internet, it takes, you know, 12 months, right? So, um, yeah, so they're bringing out restaurant executives and showing them the future and teaching them maybe – things that they can implement into their own businesses. Corey always takes me on an underground culinary tour wherever we go. He's like <laughs> finds like always a great you do. You find we're a great that restaurant. in San Diego next week. We yes, should. We're going to do that in San Diego next I week. I got to travel with Corey. Um, so tell us the places you took because the restaurant space we know it's competitive. People start businesses, they close businesses. We talk about fast casual. There's all different kind of, you know, uh, levels if you will. Tell us about what's kind of some of the new and interesting trends that you saw on this tour. Yeah, so there was a few trends that, that we saw. Uh, there would be community, localization, healthy, and, and sustainability. And there's, there are trends that have been going on for a few years, but they're starting to, to accelerate. And community is one that's very interesting. So we went to the urban space Vanderbilt. And, I mean, that place was jamming at, like, 1 o'clock. Um, what do you mean day. community, and though? So people want to experience a, a higher level of food, you know, in, in a group setting. They want to experience it with, with people, like-minded people, that also enjoy that higher quality of food. I mean, we've seen it with, like, communal tables, right, at a lot of restaurants and, and other types of places like this. But this is these food halls are really kind of bringing it to a whole nother level. Uh, Cushman and Wakefield expects the number of food halls in the United States to double in the next two years. Huh. Boy, as I think about that here in the Bay Area, we've got a bunch of places like that that have opened up lately, and they do that kind of beer hall feel, but big open rooms where – that, that I seem to be more oriented towards community and less towards sort of private booths and spaces where you could get more intimate. Yeah, and lucky, we, we went to a couple lucky. other spaces, too, that were very interesting. One was the restaurant Norman in, in Brooklyn. And uh, they it's like part um, a remote place for creative people uh, and designers to work, part restaurant, um, part retail store. Um, for a lot, a lot of people in there apparently telecommute to work. And, and it's like that ride-sharing, home-sharing, food-sharing, restaurant-sharing space. Yeah, it was really cool. And we also went to uh, this place, Three's Brewing. Uh, in, in Brooklyn that was, you know, part concert venue, part uh, restaurant, part microbrewery. It was just massive. Right. You know, they Wait. grow hops in the backyard. And When you say community and urban space, is it is it kind of the modern-day food hall or is it, it something different? Is it, it is it like a collection of different food offerings or no? It's one. So in terms of the, you know, it, in, in terms of Norman and brewery, that was the brewery. One they place. were one place. Yeah. You know, urban space was more of like a, a mix. And, and they carefully put together, you know, a bunch of different um, 
concept and you know Roberta's which has really been on fire for the last 10 years so so some places that you might know but then also a place like Mr. Bing which makes Chinese street food crepes that no one's ever really heard of and so like exposing you to new food as well as things that you're familiar with and you know taste great so where should Corey and I go you got 10 seconds oh well I mean Fowler and Wells was awesome. Tom Colicchio's new spot in, in the financial district. Uh, Union Square Cafe, of course. Um, yeah. Never you know, a bad idea. All Momofuku right. Nishi. There's <laughs> a bunch noted. of really good places. Red Hook Winery was great. I bought the best, I bought a bottle of the best uh, grappa I've ever had. Mike Kalen of Bloomberg Intelligence. We got to run. See the Nancy Lions right now with world and national news headlines from our 991 studios in our nation's capital. Thanks, Corey. Today's Senate testimony with former FBI Director James Comey, it gave him a chance to clarify his dealings with President Trump. And as Bloomberg's Irv Chapman reports, Comey told the Senate Intelligence Committee he wrote up his conversations with the president to protect himself from being victimized by lies. Comey said he began writing a memo as soon as he got into his car leaving the White House. I was honestly concerned that he might lie about the nature of our meeting, and so I thought it really important to document. Then after the president praised his work several times over, he fired Comey. The administration then chose to defame me and, more importantly, the FBI by saying that the organization was in disarray, that the workforce had lost confidence in its leader. Those were lies, plain and simple. Comey said what his devastating memo leaked to the press, it was he who arranged for a lawyer friend to leak it. Irv Chapman, Bloomberg Radio, Washington. President Trump's personal lawyer, Mark Kasowitz, says his client feels vindicated after today's testimony from Comey. It is now established that the president was not being investigated for colluding with or attempting to obstruct any investigation. Comey said today, though, he does not think it would be fair for him to say whether the conversation he had with the president was an effort to obstruct the FBI probe into Russian activities during the election. He says that's up now to the special counsel, Robert Mueller, to determine. Global News, 24 hours a day, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm Nancy Lyons.